Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Twins Pat and Pete Bondurant were chubby farm boys raised in southern Tennessee. They were big, and they got bigger. We're talking morbidly obese. As kids, they fought side by side for survival. When you fought the Bondurant brothers, they gave you everything they had. As men, the Bondurants became a dangerous force. They were pretty well running the southern end of the county with their meanness. Soon their appetite for violence would become insatiable. He takes the axe handle and, and with all of his strength, brings it down on the top of her head. She was trying to get back up. And he hit us again. They kill people for no good reason. I don't know what else you could call evil. The town of Elkton is located on the banks of the Elk River in the lush green hills of south-central Tennessee. Elkton is primarily a farming community, but early on was a site of commerce and trade. You're in the Bible Belt, everybody goes to church, everybody knows everybody, and nobody locks their doors at night. It's sort of like the Andy Griffith show. But one night, this quiet community would be shocked by a horrific act of violence committed by two twin brothers. 
Well, I watch television a lot, but I've never seen a, a program on TV that was as cruel as this was. After a night of heavy partying, 23-year-old Gwen Duggar emerges from a drug-induced haze. Gwen comes to, and she sees a 300-pound man hovering over her with an axe handle. Confusion and fear sweep over Gwen as the man raises the weapon over his head. He takes the axe handle in both hands, brings it up over his head, and with all of his strength, brings it down on the top of Gwen Duggar's head. Bleeding out on the dirty floor, Gwen barely clings to life. He beats her to a pulp. She feels it. She feels the death. Suddenly, a duplicate of her axe-wielding attacker appears in the room. She looks up and sees the man over her with a pistol, and he shoots two rounds. And then, darkness. Born April 4, 1955, in Memphis, Tennessee, Pete Jr. and Pat Bonduran were the pride of their southern parents. Peter Pugh Bonduran Sr. was a contractor with the United States military. Mom ended up working as a school teacher when they moved and settled in Elkton. As children, it was clear the Bonduran twins were different from their peers. When I first met them, clump might be a word I would use, real big for, for their age at that time. They were big, and they got bigger. We're talking morbidly obese. Their friends say that they were made fun of often. Their father, Hugh Sr., was a stern man and intimidating to his twin boys. Boys, told you to be quiet. He would be rough with them. He'd spank them. He was physical with them. I think they were scared of their dad. They wanted to make their dad happy, and the lower profile they kept with dad, the better off they would be. Bullied at home and taunted by peers, these twin brothers had only one safe place to retreat. All they had, in essence, was each other. I wish they'd just leave us alone. What created a bond between the two that cannot be understood unless you are a twin. As they grew into teenagers, Pete quickly emerged as the more hot-headed of the two, always first to fight. Pete, he had a temper, and uh, he would bring it on to you. If you asked for a fight, you had one. And his twin Pat always had his back. When Pete instigates a fight, Pat is right behind him and they're thick as thieves. The Bondurants were feared by most of their classmates. So they needed something special to attract the opposite sex. They knew by having a certain supply of drugs handy, they always had a certain supply of females handy as well. They used one to get the other. Girls finally, for the first time, had something to do with Pat and Pete Bondurant. Drugs were their answer. Now 18 years old, the Bondurant twins decide to go their separate ways. 
the first time they ever split was upon graduating from high school. Pat decided to go to the local college. He went for one year and then went to work for the local rubber plant. And Pat soon makes a connection that will change his whole life. Pat Bondurant never had luck with the ladies until the day he was rear-ended while driving his car. He gets out and there's Denise and they get to talking and exchange numbers. He asks her out on a date. He thought, she's pretty. Hmm, maybe I can finagle my way into her world. And he did just that. Denise and Pat immediately connect. And on March 11th, 1983, three years after meeting, the happy couple are married. Pat Bondurant was a loving husband. He's beginning a normal life. He's doing the things that any good Southern man does. As Pat's new life takes shape, his twin Pete becomes aimless. He just seemed to drift. He didn't seem to have a goal. He didn't seem to have a vision. Pat must have been Pete's anchor because when Pete left his twin brother, he did a heinous act that would follow him for the rest of his life. Pete started driving trucks, and eventually he ended up in Cincinnati, Ohio, living with two young men. One night, the two men, their girlfriends, and Pete Bonduran decide to let off some steam. They partied. They drank a lot that night. And when they ran out of smokes, the two girls left and went to get more. When the two women return, they find a locked door. So they knock and knock. Pete answers the door with a knife in one hand and the door in the other. Inside the room, two male partygoers are wounded. The fellow on the couch, he'd been stabbed. The other victim was also stabbed, but he was weak from blood loss. The two women rush to help their boyfriends as Pete calmly waltzes out the front door. When the police arrive, he's motioning to police that I did it, I did it. I'm the guy you're looking for. And they go over to him and put him in the car. Once handcuffed, Pete claims he stabbed the two men to protect himself. Pete's initial story was that the men had threatened him, demanding sexual favors from him, and that he had got a knife and defended himself. But the Ohio cops don't buy Pete's claims of self-defense. Tragically, one stabbing victim dies from the brutal attack. Pete's arrested and taken into custody. Autopsy reports reveal that one of Pete's roommates was actually asleep when he was stabbed. The other friend had been stabbed over 40 times. The forensic facts didn't add up to the I'm defending myself story. Facing murder charges, Pete decides to plead to manslaughter and attempted manslaughter. He was willing to accept the punishment and to go ahead and put it uh, behind him, the chance that uh, a conviction could have caused him to serve a lot more time. Pete was initially sentenced to 7 to 25 years in the Ohio State Penitentiary. It isn't long before he becomes eligible for parole. 
since he's from Tennessee and not from the state of Ohio, he applies for and is given uh, the ability to come back to Tennessee on parole. Out of jail and on parole, Pete Bondurant will seek out the one person who knows him best. Pat, of course, welcomes him with open arms. This is his twin brother, his right-hand man. And Pat's stable world will soon be turned upside down. They seem to expand in this world of infamy, drugs, violence. The two together just made fire. After an inseparable childhood, twins Pete and Pat Bondurant took different paths as adults. Pat Bondurant was a loving husband, a hard worker, while Pete's gone gallivanting, jumping from job to job. One night, Pete lost control and killed. Pete answers the door with a knife in one hand and the door in the other. Paroled after serving just five years in prison, Pete will reunite with his twin brother, and it will spell disaster for them both. After serving out his parole, Pete re-enters his twin's life in Elkton. Pat, of course, welcomes him with open arms. This is his twin brother, his right-hand man. Denise, however, is enraged. She's furious. She seemed to realize what's never going to be the same again. Where Pete leads, Pat follows. And just like when they were teenagers, the twins decide to pursue a familiar trade together. The Bondurant boys were dealing drugs, Valium, marijuana, some of the harder drugs was like cocaine, Dilaudid. The twins use their enormous size and Pete's history as a killer to intimidate the competition. Two 300-pound guys seen walking down the street in Elkton, Tennessee, are feared. They're known as the drug lords. They were big, they were ugly, they were pretty well running the southern end of the county with their meanness. One night, the Bondurant twins decide to host a party at Pat's home. It was an old two-story white house, big front porch. It was all about 100, 150 yards off of the main road, and it was across from the Booby Bum Glow, which is a nightclub there. It's the perfect spot for the twins' mutual friends to meet. There was always a party going on. Uh, they would show up, pop a few pills, and drink some whiskey. Everybody knew that it was a safe place to go. The police didn't bother them. Friends of Denise, Gwen Duggar and her brother Ken, arrive at the Bondurant home. Gwen Duggar and her brother drive out to the Bondurant property to pick up Gwen's brother's car, which had broken down. 23-year-old Gwen Duggar is a divorced single mother of a two-and-a-half-year-old son. Gwen was a person that never met a stranger. She was just outstanding kid, just full of life. Gwen Duggar is this petite, blonde. Gwen was sweet, 
She was bubbly. She was kind. The Bondurant twins take a shine to Gwen, and they convince her to stay. Your brother gets the car fixed, gets it running. He goes in the house and tells Gwen we need to go. She hesitates and says, I'll just stay here. Pat and Pete assure Gwen's younger brother that they'll take care of her. We'll take her home. They said, no, don't worry about it. You know, we'll take her home. We'll take her home. And he left her there. That was the last time he saw Gwen. As the party continues into the night, Gwen becomes visibly intoxicated and sluggish. Pete Bondurant gives Gwen a lot of drugs that night. She became incapacitated and so doped up that she couldn't control herself at all. You've got vultures, basically, wolves foaming at the mouth to get a piece of her. Sensing an opportunity, Pete takes advantage of a doped Gwen. Pete took Gwen into a bathroom and began to have sex with her there. Twin Pat decides he wants in on the action. After Pete finishes with her, Pat moves Gwen to another part of the house. After an hour or so, Denise noticed that Pat was missing, and she goes looking for him. She noticed that there was a boy standing in front of the parlor. She goes over, and he intercepts her. She pushed past him. And Denise is horrified by what she finds. There's Pat with Gwen, naked. Pat is having intercourse with her. Denise runs in, screaming, shouting, you dirty son of a bitch. This is when Denise says her marriage, as she saw it, was over. She's disgusted. She left just very, very angry. Less than an hour later, Denise Bondurant returns home to find Gwen Duggar passed out on the parlor floor. Denise tries to get her to leave. She pushes Gwen, but Gwen swings at her, and she's so stoned, she really can't defend herself. Pat walks in and sees his wife fighting with Gwen. Well, he hands her an axe handle and says, here, I don't need that. And she says, I don't need that. She's drunk. And he says, okay, I will. Pat takes the axe handle in both hands, brings it up over his head, and with all of his strength, brings it down on the top of Gwen Duggar's head. He beat her and beat her to the point that her body was a complete mess. Blood was everywhere. Denise Bondurant is paralyzed by fear as Pat delivers the vicious beating. Denise Bondurant realized her husband had become what she feared. He had become the instigator that Pete was. He was a monster, a real monster. Worried she might be next, Denise tries to calm her husband down. Denise points out to Pat that he needs to go clean up. Pat docilely goes with her to the bathroom and starts washing himself off, cleaning himself up. 
Pete comes to the bathroom door with a 22 caliber pistol in his hand. Pete says, you really have messed her up. I'm gonna put her out of her misery. Pete Bondurant leaves the bathroom and walks toward the front parlor. Two shots are fired. And Gwen Duggar's horrible ordeal is finally over. Here was a woman who had trusted these men, and she ends up just horribly uh, abused and uh, loses her, her life. I can't say, I can't say this. What was her life? You know, what would it have been like? What would she look like today? These are some of the things that goes through your mind. Having already served time for murder, Pete knows he and his twin must move fast to escape prosecution for Gwen's killing. Boys begin to think this thing through. They decide no body, no crime. Pete goes to the truck stop and gets several huge garbage bags. They roll the body up in these garbage bags. The twins drive the bundle down to the edge of the river, but they don't dump Gwen's body. Instead, they start a fire. They take a 55-gallon drum, and then they put Gwen in head first in this drum and set it on fire. Back at the house, Denise scrubs Gwen's blood off the floors, walls, and ceiling. After cleaning, they then burn the remnants of Gwen's clothing and the bloody cloths. And on top of all of the bloody remnants, they put furniture to sort of mask what was beneath. Three days later, all that remains of Gwen Duggar are small charred bone fragments and ashes. They take the final remains of Gwen Duggar's body and dispose of her ashes into the river. Together, these killer twins have committed a heinous crime, but they haven't quite covered their tracks. They thought they got rid of everything, but they didn't get everything. And soon one twin will kill again. He is getting angrier and angrier and angrier to the point that he finally erupts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Twin brothers Pete and Pat Bondurant have killed and burned the body of 23-year-old Gwen Duggar. The Bondurants thought that if you didn't have a body, you didn't have a case. Even if the police knew all about what happened, that it didn't make any difference. They were too smart. These obese twins think they're untouchable. And it won't be long before one gets away with murder again. Gwen Duggar's family has been frantically searching for days. We knew something was wrong because she never went over one or two days without contacting us. She just disappeared. She never disappeared before. She wasn't that irresponsible. The family is tireless in their efforts to find Gwen. They did everything that you could think of that a family would do. They put out flyers. They went to law enforcement. But with no physical evidence, Tennessee officials can do no more than list Gwen Duggar as a missing person. So Gwen's cousin takes matters into his own hands. May the 30th, 86 is the last time anybody's seen her. Gwen's first cousin went up to Elton to find out the last place she'd been. Gwen's cousin tracks down Pete Bondurant, and Pete makes a strange claim. Pete said he didn't have nothing to do with killing that girl. It's the first time someone has suggested that Gwen was murdered, but no one is able to connect the dots. It didn't register at that point in time. There was nothing pointing towards Peter Pat. 
not having the police immediately on their trail, not being held immediately responsible, I believe that it kind of made them feel invincible. They can get away with murder. Denise Bondurant has been walking on eggshells since the Gwen Duggar killing. The twins told her from the very beginning, if anything happens about the Gwen Duggar case, we're going to say you did it because you're the one with a motive, not us. One afternoon, while pregnant with Pat's child, Denise Bondurant gets into a heated argument with her husband. Pat beat Denise severely. Ultimately, he pulled a gun on her and threatened to kill her. Well, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. With Pat now as aggressive as his twin, Denise knows things can only get worse. She realizes that's the way it started with Gwen Duggar and maybe I better leave. And she left the house and moved in with her sister. She feared what would happen to her because if one turned against her, she knew the other would, even if he was her husband. Now, with Denise gone, the Bondurant twins are once again inseparable. Without Denise there, Pat became more associated with his brother. His brother became his whole world, and that bond was still there. In the months following his wife's departure, Pat Bondurant starts to fall apart. He was very weird at work. He would bring hamburger meat to work for lunch and microwave it for just a few minutes, take the raw hamburger meat out and eat it with blood running out of his mouth. He began drinking more. He began being more glum, more down and out. And soon, Pat's depression will turn into rage. After a night of boozing at a bar, Pat returns home to realize his wallet is missing. So he calls the bar to see if anybody has come across his wallet. Nobody had, so he thinks, well, the only person who could possibly have taken my wallet would be Ronnie. Ronnie Gaines is a co-worker at the rubber plant and a constant companion to Pat. Ronnie and Pat have been friends for several years. And a lot of times, they would drink together. Ronnie had ran out of money and asked Pat to cash a check for him. Pat had taken Ronnie's check, given him the cash for it, put it in his wallet. When his wallet goes missing, Pat knows who to blame. He began to think that Ronnie had stolen his wallet to get his check back. Denise had left him. She'd betrayed him. And in his mind, I think that that just became the last betrayal. One October night after work, Pat invites himself over to Ronnie's house. They go get the beer, they go get the pizza, sit around, play some cards, get drunk. Ronnie's looking across at his friend at the table with no clue that he is literally prey to the lion across from him. And tonight, Pat is in no mood for games. Pat is getting angrier and angrier and angrier to the point that he finally erupts. In an instant, one Bondurant twin will become indistinguishable from the other. Pat became everything that Pete was. 
He had crossed that threshold of evil. Pete Von Durant has killed twice before. But now his identical twin, Pat, is poised to join him. Pat goes home, realizes his wallet is missing. Well, the only person who could possibly have taken my wallet would be Ronnie. So he decides that he's going to confront him. Good for it. Give it, Ronnie. Ronnie and Pat have played cards for hours. But that evening degenerated quickly when Pat accused Ronnie of stealing his wallet and stealing his money. Of course, I didn't steal your wallet. Ronnie denied it. I know you stole my wallet, Ronnie. But Pat Von Durant isn't satisfied by his denial. His rage simmers for a moment, and then he explodes. He picks up a rocking chair and begins to beat Ronnie Gaines in the head with it. Gaines goes down, he continues to beat him and beat him. Though even as the rocking chair is falling apart, he's continuing to beat him. It was a bloodbath. It's a gruesome and violent moment that connects the twin brothers. Pat now becomes Pete's equal. They both have independently killed people that, for whatever reasons, have offended them. And now, there's only one person on Earth that he can trust to help cover up the crime. After Pat killed Ronnie Gaines, he then proceeded to call his brother Pete. Pete comes to Pat's rescue, without question. The twins knew they had to get rid of the body. No body, no crime. But they did it differently this time. This time, the twins decide to really get their hands dirty. After Pete arrived, they take the body and cut it into pieces, put it in plastic bags. The twins load Ronnie's severed body into their truck, and to better cover their tracks, they use a familiar tool. The twins put a candle in the bed with some inflammable stuff around it. When the candle burned down, everything caught on fire, and the house goes up. As the house burns to the ground, the twins relocate the remains to their parents' cabin in West Point. It's very secluded, so they can go out and have an uninterrupted several days out there. That night, Pat brags about the brutal killing to his estranged wife, Denise. Pat told Denise exactly what happened. I guess that he figured that since she had already seen one murder, he might as well tell her about this one. And she was present in West Point when they were burning uh, the body of Ronnie Gaines. Pat and Pete finished the job at home. One witness went down there and, and Pat and Pete Bondurant said, hey, here's what's left old Ronnie Gaines out there and uh, showed him a, a lump that was burning in the yard. Once again, the Bonduran twins are supremely confident that they've beaten yet another murder rap. Pete and Pat had an unfortunate belief in the superiority of their intelligence at times and that they felt they were smarter than law enforcement. 
They're the ones that are making decisions, not the police. They can get away with murder. But no murder is ever perfect. Just when they think, like most criminals, that they have cleaned up the whole mess, there's a mistake. And these twins are about to be exposed for their vicious crimes. Their overconfidence came back and, and bit them in the rear. After four years of nervous whispers and quiet innuendos, police feel confident they know who's behind the disappearances of Gwen Duggar and Ronnie Gaines. There was speculation that the Bondurants had something to do with it because there was no secret in law enforcement that they were the primary targets. Investigators still have no hard evidence to confirm their suspicions. No body had been found. There was nothing permanent no physical evidence linking the twins to a murder. But there is someone out there who may be able to help them. Denise Bondurant is the only human being who knows the truth, who knows the details that Pat and Pete know. Police receive word through an informant that Denise may be ready to talk, but she's terrified of her estranged husband and his twin brother. She wanted assurance. She wanted to be immune from prosecution, but she also knew that she had something to trade. TBI detective Bill Coleman decides to take a chance and confront Denise. I went to her apartment one day, just cold called her. And when she opened the door, I identified myself, showed her my credentials, and I said, Denise, don't you think it's time we talked about this? Don't you think it's time we talked about this? <laughs> Once she's guaranteed immunity, Denise opens up. She broke down and started telling me everything. One thing I'll say about Denise Bondurance, we never caught her in a lie, never. Everything she told us, we were able to independently cooperate with other witnesses and other facts. Denise had details that, that nobody could have known. She knew times. She knew what the twins wore. You couldn't make up those things. But investigators know they need more than accomplice testimony to put the Bondurant twins away for good. They need hard evidence. So Denise leads the police home. Denise Bondurin travels with investigators to her old home in Elkton, Tennessee. The twins have long since moved out of the farmhouse. Denise showed us where everything happened, showed us where the barrels came from, showed us about where she thought when was burned. I think it's like right here, like right around here. Forensic somewhere. anthropologists okay. trained to unearth skeletal remains examine the scene, but it may be an impossible task. There had been some landscaping done around the house and the location of where the individual was burned no longer existed. Someone had come in with a bulldozer and had pretty well re-sculpted the whole back end. Investigators turn their attention to the farmhouse. They call down the TBI crime lab folks who deal with 
blood spatter. Four years have passed, but police are hopeful they'll find some trace evidence left behind. The TBI lab uses stuff called luminol, which shows blood under a black light. They had completely blacked out the windows in this room. When they sprayed the luminol, the room lit up like the night sky. There was glittering green everywhere they looked. The samples recovered test positive for human blood. Even with this hard evidence, troubling questions remain. You have blood, but that house has been there for over 100 years. Whose blood is that? Despite their best efforts, police can't directly tie the Duggar murder to the Bondurant brothers. Police and the district attorney's office both feared lack of evidence. They feared that they would not be able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Pat and Pete Bondurant had committed murder. So Giles County prosecutors decide to take a risky step. In a bold move, authorities go forward and arrest the Bondurant twins. With Denise's evidence that she had given in a statement, plus what they'd found at the farm, the investigators were able to go before the Giles County Grand Jury and get an indictment on first-degree murder charges against Pete and Pat Bondurant in the death of Gwen Duggar. They feared if they didn't put them behind bars, they would do this again and again and again. But this rush to prosecute may be in vain. They knew they had to have that smoking gun. They didn't have it. Once again, the Bondurant twins are poised to get away with murder. But a voice from beyond the grave could put the final nail in their coffins. Gwen, obviously she was trying to tell us something. Pete and Pat Bondurant have been arrested for the murder of Gwen Duggar, but they may not stay in jail for long. Police and the district attorney's office both feared lack of evidence. Investigators knew they were going to fight an uphill battle to get these guys convicted. After a failed attempt at recovering any definitive evidence in the Duggar murder, investigators placed their last hope on the Gaines case. Pat and Pete were known for saying no body, no crime. But what they didn't realize was that police were a little bit smarter than they gave them credit for. Once again, they turned to Pat's estranged wife, Denise, and she points police to the Bondurant's family cabin in West Point, Tennessee. She had described the uh, back of the house and where, in relationship to the sliding glass doors, that Ronnie Gaines' uh, body had been burned. Forensic anthropologists start to examine the area. We had an x-ray more than 10, 15 minutes before we began to find bones. There were 18 to 20 cranial fragments varying in size. He was an adult male, and that there'd been some indication that he had been killed by blunt force trauma before he was burned. We now had a physical piece of evidence that would tie directly to a human being and tie directly to the testimony. 
I mean, we couldn't believe it. We were all elated because we didn't expect to find much. Emboldened, investigators decide to return to the Duggar crime scene one last time. Tennessee investigators make one final attempt to recover conclusive evidence in the Gwen Duggar killing. The entire case rests on Denise's memory. Denise told us about the burning pit where they had thrown stuff out that might have had blood on it. We got a county backhoe and an operator started digging the pit. The police dipped the backhoe into the ground and immediately hit pay dirt. We got down and started bringing out things like the uh, springs of the bed, pieces of couch, pieces of clothing, and one small item that was a piece of material with a baby pin on it. It was a high-top tennis shoe that friends say Gwen wore every single day. The tennis shoe had on its lace a diaper pin in symbolic reference to her son. Gwen obviously was trying to tell us something. I remember saying a prayer myself when we found that pin, kind of thanking God to guide us to that particular place and, and, and preserving uh, basically that one piece of evidence. Now authorities believe Gwen has given them what they need to put the Bonduran twins away for good. The Gwen Duggar murder case against Pat and Pete Bonduran gets underway. The twin factor doubled the interest in the trial. There was news media from all three major networks in Nashville. Testifying against her husband and brother-in-law in the courtroom, Denise Bondurant describes Gwen Duggar's final hours. She was trying to get back up, and he hit her some, again. I'm not really sure how many times. The courtroom was in awe. People had never heard what had really happened. They were disgusted. They were shocked. Testimony comes to an emotional climax when the prosecution presents Gwen Duggar's shoe. When they brought that out and the jury could look at it and hold it and realize they were holding the only thing left of Gwen Duggar, it had an impact. The presiding judge, Judge Hamilton, said that it was the most chilling piece of evidence he'd ever seen presented in court. The trial actually just lasted five days. The sixth day, the jury deliberated till around 11 o'clock. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of murder in the Judge Hamilton sentences Pete and Pat to 25 years and has harsh words for the twins. In 25 years of law practice, I've never had one as brutal and merciless as the facts of this case show. Now investigators need to close the books on one more Bondurant murder case. Nine months after the Duggar conviction, Pat Bondurant faces trial for the first-degree murder of Ronnie Gaines. Uh, a Giles County court had never found anybody guilty for murder in the first degree. 
by moving the case to Murray County, the prosecution had a one-up on the defense before the trial even began. What happens? Pat gets convicted, first-degree murder. Gets death, gets it overturned, gets another case, tried by another jury, gets death. After five long years, the Bonduran twins are finally brought to justice. Well, somebody says, no body, no case, I usually just kind of smile. And I says, well, let me tell you about this case. In the end, the senselessness of the murders defines the Bonduran brothers. The murders were by and large pointless. They just were for the benefit of the Bondurans, the, the entertainment of Bondurans. If somebody comes to me and asks me, was the Bondurant twins evil? The answer would be yes. And evil would have to be in capital letters. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.